Hello and welcome everyone to King of Pro Wrestling Podcast. I am joined today by Todd and Mike from Phil Singer Games. We're here to talk about uh, the December releases, the end of year releases, holiday releases, whatever we want to we'll throw the name on there. I think they've all been used at one point or another. Uh, Todd, how are you? Doing great, Sam. Thanks for having us back on. Yeah, absolutely. Mike, how you doing? Doing great, Sam. Good to be here. Excellent, excellent. Well, uh, shall we shall we just dive right in? Sounds good. good. Excellent, excellent. So um, we've got a couple new sets coming out. Um, the uh, Legends expansion, um, which is uh, dropping imminently, right? When is the mail date for that, Todd? Official mail date is uh, December 17th, uh, but hopefully uh, we can beat that by a very little bit. Not by too much, though, but a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> I was going to say, I mean, we're already on the 12th here. so um, And then, of course, certainly not to be outdone on the Champions of the Galaxy side, we have the uh, 2089 remastered set uh, coming out, which uh, also looks phenomenal. Yeah, it's, I think it's been uh, it was one of those things where we've we've talked for years about how we were going to you know reprint the old sets and then be able to do them in color. I think uh, the first two sets were really well received that we redid the original starter and then uh, uh, twenty eighty eight in particular, and then uh, I think this twenty eighty nine one people will enjoy. Definitely. Yeah, and it couldn't come uh, at, a, at a better time. As I told Mike earlier today, we officially sold out of the black and white. Uh, 2089 set this morning so really <laughs> good timing on that <laughs> that's cool that's super cool um well yeah i you know for me um i'm very very excited about it. i think the artwork looks incredible uh i think the the piece that i am probably most excited about that's been revealed thus far is is actually darkos which is weird because i'm not like a huge manager guy like i i've loved using them and especially like you know when i first started playing and the managers you know came along in that third set i i loved using them um but i feel like i've gotten away from from really focusing a lot on them um Except maybe in my Legends feds, you know, I've, I've used I've used them here and there, especially Bobby Heenan, because who doesn't love Bobby Heenan? Um, but that said, yeah, the, the Darkos art is uh, is probably one of my favorite pieces uh, of, of the revealed art thus far. Yeah, I think uh, definitely it was uh, a different view on him. Uh, you know, showing him here, we just uh, got him in. Uh, yeah, I think a lot of people were expecting him to be like a silver type yeah. of uh, color to him, and then. Uh, yeah, Rob uh, came in with the the red version there as uh, as a different direction. Uh, so I thought it was pretty neat. Uh, so I think a lot of people really liked it, even though they didn't expect it. Yeah, well, you know, honestly, it kind of reminded me a little bit of um, the armor that uh, Gary Oldman wears in the opening scenes of uh, Francis Ford Coppola's Dracula movie. Um, there's Ooh. almost something like. You could easily look at it and, of course, just think that it's metal armor, which is kind of what we've always accepted it to be. But there's almost something about the the image, as I've seen it anyway, that could make it look even slightly organic, like it's leather. Um, so it just looks super cool. I, I, I really dig it. Yeah, no, I think that was definitely the big, uh, you know, the sort of change in the set like you know people in terms of getting people's perceptions changed on, on a character a little bit 
Yeah, absolutely. Because like guys like Galactic Punisher uh, and Bounty Hunter, I think look, you know, how you would expect them to look. I mean, they look yeah. great, um, but they look pretty much how you would expect them to. Whereas, yeah, Darko's definitely kind of stands out a bit. Um, I think also another one that really kind of uh, was very different was uh, the Sweet Thing art. Oh yeah, yeah. I think like she definitely seems a lot, you know, a very different type of character. She was kind of very meek before, and now she's. You know, it definitely has. You, know, you can see her eventually becoming a wrestler. I think you know, out of this this view. Yeah, I I, I would completely agree with that. There's something a little bit uh, tougher about her, if you will, uh, just from from the image itself, um, which I mean looks looks fantastic. Uh, the um, the the uh, other piece of art that I, I really loved too was the uh, Royal Overlord art um, and and the Mad Jester art. Um, I just think that they both look uh, look great too. The Jester in particular, there's just something about that art that I feel like really kind of um, I don't know. It, it, it's it's perfect. <laughs> well, if you remember from the original booklet, you know, uh, uh, Tom described him as a genius, but like an evil genius, like crazy. Yeah, and he really does capture that that look to him. Like you, you look at his eyes and everything in this updated drawing, and he really does look crazy. <laughs> yeah, and I think another one that I really liked was the uh, the Rainer Beguile, who has always been. Well, we'll kind of we'll, we'll talk maybe a little bit more later on, but I think he really kind of wanted to make a much more kind of snivelly and you know and kind of. Um, you know, Weasley and stuff like that with this one. I think uh, I think it worked pretty well. Yeah, yeah. I you know, for me, um, when it comes to managers, he certainly stood out as probably the the prototypical manager, heel manager uh, early in the game, and and was definitely one of my favorites. But before we before we talk too much about managers, um, I do want to pivot back to the legend stuff real quick um, because. That set, uh, I feel like, has has just shaped up to be, in my opinion, pretty special. I mean, you've got the the headline. We were talking off mic beforehand um, about the headliners being Vader and uh, British Bulldog Davy Boy Smith. Uh, the art on both cards looks fantastic. Um, there's something about the, the British Bulldog art in particular that just, I don't know, I, I mean, that cape just literally glitters you know it looks mm -hmm. so good the so the, the the coloring on that is uh fantastic out of this world and i can't wait to see the stats on, on both of those guys yes yeah, vader's definitely no slouch i can tell you that much. <laughs> <laughs> well i think when it came to the bulldog art uh you know we were you know um you know i, I kind of came up with a lot of the, the different references and you know we vote on it with, amongst the, the whole legends team uh, but the one that I think that Mike and I both were like, all right, this, this is what Davey Boy should have is, you know, having that cape and really kind of being grandiose. And we try not to do too much landscape art with the legends unless it really makes sense. And I think with this one, it definitely made sense to do that. Yeah, I, I would completely agree. I, I mean, it, it looks great and it's got me very excited to to use him. And it certainly, I think, makes you think of that period in his career when, you know, he was probably – at his at his hottest as a singles wrestler, you know, from that time with, you know, the SummerSlam um, at uh, Wembley Stadium through to like his early days when he went to WCW. Uh, I, I think that, you know, that phase of his career um, 
was probably when he was at his at his hottest as a singles wrestler. I won't necessarily say his peak because I think that physically he could he could probably go even better in his earlier years. But um, you know he was certainly uh, probably at the height of his popularity at that time before it kind of slouched off um, shortly after he got to WCW. But uh, it looks it looks great, and I can't wait to use him. Um, you know the other the other piece that really stood out for me, and I was so glad that you decided to capture that particular. Um, period of his career has to be the Fit Finley art. I absolutely knew that. <laughs> you, knew, yeah, you knew I was coming. <laughs> well, well, funny enough, like when we were first going through uh, references for Fit Finley, I think everyone, you know, I kind of pulled out a couple ones, and and um, and uh, one that popped out to me as I was looking was actually I think right around the same time where he was wearing the crazy jacket with the uh, football pad and everything like that. Yeah, and yeah. I, and I was been reading uh, Horn, Hornswoggle's book and there was a whole, there was a part of the chapter where he was talking about trying to get a matching jacket. That I'm like, Oh, I don't remember that jacket. And then when I was looking at the things, I'm like, Oh my God, this is hilarious. So I put that up as one of them and everyone kind of liked it. And we're like, well, we kind of like, that's not the, that one has to be, you know, something in that era. So we went a little, little, little more uh, conservative in the end, but uh, <laughs> definitely yeah. that was the era we wanted to, to capture. Yeah, for, for sure. I mean, I, I, like I said, I think it looks great. Um, what, what are your guys' thoughts on some of the other names um, that are going to be in that legend set? I know not all of them have been revealed. There's still one one name left to reveal. Is that correct? Correct. All There's right. Been, all right. One, one so, that has not yet uh, been revealed. But, I mean, I think that uh, we, we went a little heavy on the new names in this set um, just because we – we had a bunch of guys who all kind of fit together and we wanted to, but I thought that, uh, you know, we, I think a lot of people, you know, were pleased to see, you know, some fun characters. I mean, Disco Inferno, I think, you know, anybody who was a fan of wrestling in the nineties kind of, you, you couldn't help, but kind of enjoy his work. Um, yeah. and, and he made things interesting without being a dominant wrestler by any means. Um, you know, Mr. Hughes is, I think a really, he, he's one of those guys who I think is great to have in the game because he filled so many different roles in his career. You know, he was a little bit of a, you know, kind of a tough monster wrestler. He was a tag team guy. He was a bodyguard manager type. So, you know, depending on. And he feuded he, with the undertaker too. Don't forget right. that. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, so he's a bit of a monster, you know, like, you know, as a singles guy feuding with the undertaker, he, he actually was in a tag team with Vader at one point. Um, and you know, he was obviously a bodyguard as well. So you throw that, like for somebody who's running their own fed, he could fill a lot of different roles for you depending yeah. on what, what you need. So I think just from a game perspective, having somebody like that in it is cool. Um, obviously, uh, we had one, well, actually, well, the, the other new name that we have hasn't been announced yet, but then, you know, to get, <laughs> you know, uh, um, Val Venus and D'Lo Brown. I think those are two other guys from that period of time who are just, again, you think of that period of time and, and those two guys, it's tough to tell the story of those years without them. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I, I'm, you know, it's funny cause I was thinking about the D'Lo Brown uh, card today actually. And um, to, to have, to have a color version of the card um, is, is exciting. And I think that that particular period um, that he was at his most popular. Um, it's funny how somebody can go from being so underrated, um, someone that kind of demanded attention 
to to then unfortunately and this is no offense but like it almost felt like that wave of popularity crested to a point where he almost became overrated like i was sick and tired almost of hearing about him um but now hindsight be what it is it's made me very excited to have him uh come to to the you know the legends uh color set and and be able to use that card um i know someone else uh, who's actually very excited to be in, in color in this set is uh, Billy Gunn. Um, I had the chance to speak to him not too long ago, and there was an exchange that I had had with him and James Storm at um, uh, uh, the very first StarCast before All In, and they were looking at the cards, and we were chatting a little bit, and Billy Gunn asked where his card was, and I said, well, I don't have yours with me. Your card's only in black and white which James Storm lost it, thought that was the funniest thing ever, started making fun of Billy Gunn for being old. <laughs> Billy Gunn got very, you know, not really, but got upset, flipped us the bird, stormed out, you know, came back in laughing. Um, and, and so I, I, I can attest to the fact that he's he's very happy to now have a card in color. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, you know, I mean, I... It, I, I guess why well, he, he only flipped you the bird. He didn't give you the crotch chop. I he guess, didn't. Right? Yeah. You know what? Now thinking back on it, he didn't. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I think it's, it's shaped up to be a very cool set. And another aspect I'm excited about too, are the, uh, the promoter prime cards um, for legends. I, I, you know, two cold Scorpios is, probably one of the finest athletes to, you know, to wrestle in the 1990s and uh, to have him, um, you know, make his way in, into the uh, the Legends color sets, uh, along with uh, Del Wilkes and, and Marcus Bagwell is, is pretty cool as well. Yeah, we wanted to kind of give, you know, a little bit of, you know, tag team flavor in there and just kind of giving a couple options with that, I think was, you know, you know trying to balance that in there with, you know, Bagwell kind of having both those. That, that was kind of a, a thing that we wanted to do with the uh, with the Prime set. And, you know, I think that would worked out well. And, you know, I could see, like, you know, Bagwell definitely having another version down the line, you know, could be sure. Sure, so. Uh, and then speaking of tag teams, I'll just kind of go back a little bit to uh, the James gang there. Actually, you know, in one of the, you know, in terms of like stats and stuff like that, there's definitely a new mechanic with that, with that there. It's, you know, I think with their original cards, it was, you know, they were a tag team, but they're singles focused. And I think, um, you know, the Legends team kind of came up with a cool mechanic, uh, that I think you also had something to do with there, Mike, if I'm not mistaken, uh, just, uh, you know, trying to kind of incorporate, uh, you know, some of the, you know, what made them a good team. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I think the, the new way, well, the James gang was always kind of better than the sum of their parts. Um, mm. They were, um, you know, you look, they didn't, and, but unlike a lot of tag teams, they don't do like double drop kicks and double elbows. You know, it's a lot of, their moves or sets are, don't change a lot, but they seem to be more effective. And part of the way it always worked was they were always taunting their opponents and kind of distracting them, and which allowed their teammate to go ahead and, and hit his move. Was that was much, it was that much more effective. So we tried to kind of capture that in the cards where they're just a little bit better in tag team matches without it being different moves necessarily. So I, I uh, think people, when they when they read the book and, and look at the cards, they'll, they'll see that, you know, these guys will now give, you know, I think the best tag teams in the game a run for their money. 
That's very cool. Yeah, it is interesting to think that a lot of the uh, tag team mechanics that we see in the game do often revolve around some sort of, you know, double team maneuver, um, you know, some sort of synergy between the cards in that respect. Um, but you're you're absolutely right, Mike. The, they never really functioned quite that way as, as a tag team. Um, they were always very, very good, you know, lots of quick tags, that sort of thing, but you didn't see a lot of double team maneuvers. You know, they didn't have like big, you know, double team finishes often. Usually it was just, you know, one guy doing his thing and each of them had their own individual sort of spots that they would get in. Um, but they were still very effective. I mean, even their most recent run, um, that they had, you know, still an extremely effective tag team, um, without necessarily fitting into the mold that I think, Certainly people who play this game, when we think of tag teams, it's like, oh, you know, double team maneuvers and you know, using the double team chart and et cetera, you know, that sort of stuff. So uh, I'm excited about that. I can't wait to see what that what that mechanic looks like. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think of anything other stat wise. I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't think there's anything else uh, too different. This one, uh, obviously, you know, with the, I think we said off mic. Uh, with Van Vader, he will not be a uh, slouch at all. I think If you need a title contender, I think Big Van Vader will certainly uh, fit the bill. Yep, definitely. That's very cool. I, I'm looking forward to that for sure because, I, I mean – he, you know, there was there was a time when uh, I was when I grew up early on, I was totally like a WWF and, and Hogan guy. And then, you know, around like 1990 or so that started to shift and I started to watch WCW more. Um, and when he came on the scene, I mean, he scared the hell out of me, you know, and and his matches still to this day, I think his matches with Sting and his matches with Cactus Jack um, have, have absolutely stood the test of time. And you can go back and, and watch that and, and just still be on the edge of your seat and still feel like that guy's real. Um, and, you know, obviously the work that he did in Japan um, with, with all Japan and new Japan and pro wrestling Noah is, is he, he, you know, let's face it. He's one of the few, you know, guy Jen to go over there and, and be a monster in that respect. And these days, a lot of the guy Jen are over there, uh, you know, are functioning more on like an athletic level, flashy level. You think about Kenny Omega, AJ Styles, Will Ospreay, you know, those sorts of guys. Um, whereas, you know, Vader was just a monster and tore through everybody. I mean, he, he caused a riot. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, right. You know, they, they got in New Japan, got kicked out of um, Budokan because of uh, uh, the riot that, uh, you know, fomented after he beat up Antonio Inoki. So, uh, I, I mean, the guy is, is legendary and, um, I think that it's, it's a fitting tribute to, uh, um, you know, with his passing, not being that long ago. So uh, I'm super excited that he's in the game and, and, and I know that it was one of those sort of jaw drop moments for me when he was announced. Yeah. I, I think that, you know, I mean, we're really thrilled uh, to be able to do this card to, to pay tribute to his career. And, and, and from a game standpoint, um, you know, we're, you know, we've got, you know, Bruiser Brody, we've got Stan Hansen. We've got, I mean, you know, you Abdul the butchery. I mean, there's some guys who you can, really, <laughs> you can have some fun with, uh, reliving and, and, uh, yeah, I, th I, you know, and, and being able to put Davy boy in, in the same set as him too. They obviously had a big, uh, ride right. with there too. So, and, and his teammates actually, they, they, they were on, uh, I think they were both in camp Cornette, uh, at one point in time. So, <laughs> Um, yeah. you know, it's, it's, uh, 
it's I think this is a really good set for for uh, for a lot of reasons. I think it brings uh, quite a bit to the uh, uh, to 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 the game for people who are looking to sort of spice up their Fed. And and no matter where you are, there's a little something for you in this set. I think. Yeah, yeah, I I totally agree. I mean, there's there's obviously you've got somebody like a you know a monster heel like Bader, but you've also got sort of that comedy heel like Disco Inferno, like you're talking about earlier. You know, the the, the bodyguard, the 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 attitude, if you will. Uh, there's 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 a little something for everybody in this set, especially you know fans of of, of sort of that early to mid '90s uh, um, you know wrestling product that we saw in North America. So um, yeah, I I I mean I'm all I haven't even seen stats yet, and I'm certainly uh, I mean I'm always sold you don't have to really sell me these things but uh but i'm uh, but i'm very much looking forward to it and i think that it's it's really well put together and there is one more card we have uh not discussed at all and uh holla holla oh yeah happy <laughs> <laughs> you hear me that so uh, yeah we wanted to do we always like to do one special edition card especially some manager or something else like that and we kind of realized like we don't really have a legends commissioner at all. Now, you know, we did a, you know, Charlie Cox commissioner card in the Indies in the very early days, but that's really been about it as far as an authority figure. Uh, and then uh, we met Teddy Long at the, um, his icons of wrestling yep. in Philadelphia last year. And I was like, well, you know, we've been dying to get him in there. We're both big fans. Uh, and thought this was, you know, even though it didn't quite fit in the nineties per se, in terms of his commissioner time, sure. uh, but yeah, definitely, uh, you know, figure throughout the, you know, the eighties, nineties and two thousands for sure. Yeah. I, what a career that guy has had, you know, I mean, to go from being, you know, referee to manager to, you know, fill in that sort of comedy spot in the ring on occasion to, to being a commissioner. I mean, the, he's, he's, he's had one hell of a career. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. No. Yeah. yeah I mean, he, he's, he's a great guy. I mean, was, was really, uh, um, you know, happy to be in the game and, and I'm, I'm just glad we were able to, you know, I, and I think that the neat thing is, is that with him being a commissioner card, it, it made it really easy. I, I think that the, his, his game card really captures, you know, his personality. At least we tried our best to, to do that. And I, I think it's, uh, I, I think people will have fun with with his card. So there's going to be a lot of tag team matches. Is that what you're? <laughs> holla holla! holla. Well, I, I will say that the first draft that we got did not have a tag team match on it, and so I'm like, we, I'm like, we got to change that. I mean, come on. So yeah, I, yeah, I, I specialize in the non wrestler cards, so I did my tweaks to it, and you know, I added that. You know, I added something more with the tag. You know, tag teams being a big part, and then. You know, I, I know. Obviously, uh, we can't have him book uh, matches against the Undertaker, uh, but uh, you know, we, something, something, you know, similar. I'm sure could could happen there as well. So <laughs> uh, that's cool. I, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to to that card. Um, you know, one thing to to go back briefly because we you know we haven't recorded in a while and there have been a couple of other legends cards that have been released um that we weren't able to really cover which i think are are you know exciting in, in, in my opinion um which was the the promoter prime um from the last quarter which was the bwo um so we got a big stevie uh a blue meanie and a, and a nova card um which i i think turned out great um and then there was also a special edition four pack 
um, that came out, which was perfect because, you know, PCO had been released in the last Ring of Honor set. And here we're, you know, you were able to release him uh, along with Jacques Rougeau um, as a tag team, which is great, along with uh, the Texas Hangman, Psycho and Killer. So um, there's been some really some really cool additions to uh, Legends just within the past few months, uh, not even to mention the, the set that's coming out here next week. Yeah, we always try to have a couple of different things throughout the year. Um, yeah, we've been holding on to uh, the BWO for a while, waiting to get that uh, hardcore set out there. So we knew that that was going to be prime as soon as we decided to do the hardcore set. Yeah, I mean, it fits in perfectly, obviously. Um, well, cool. Well, um, shall we shall we dive back into 2089 a little bit? Sounds good. Um, so... Todd, I know you wanted to talk about managers, and before before we get into that, which is obviously crucial to the set, um, let's talk about the fact that I, I, I feel like this set on the wrestling side ended up being responsible for really some of the you know the the bigger names, longer lasting names um, in GWF history between Galactic Punisher, Bounty Hunter, and Mad Jester in particular. Um, you know, those three guys filled roles throughout, you know, the history uh, of, of the timeline, including, you know, CPC uh, coming back as, as managers, etc. Um, so it, it's a pretty momentous set in a number of, of ways. And I think that it, it would be easy to focus on the managers, um, rightfully so. But just as important, you know, there's some some big players in the ring as well. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I actually think it's, it, it is interesting because, you know, it being a, um, you know, a 12-card set, there half the set was managers because it was, you know, the, the first introduction of managers. So there, there were a lot of them in it. And I think there were only, was it five wrestling cards, Todd? Yeah, five wrestling cards. Five wrestlers. You know, five wrestlers, correct. And there was, you know, the Royal Overlord had wrestling stats. Trainer Jim had wrestling stats. Rain R. Beguile had wrestling stats. But the, there were only five, you know, what I would call full-time wrestlers in it. But if you look at it, you know, Galactic Punisher and, and Tong Soon were in the game for, I mean, when did they leave in the, uh, trying to think. Yeah. when they became the they became they're one of the top tag teams ever you know under different yeah. means but yeah yeah <laughs> um and then and you had earthquake who had a, a very long career you know became chopper matic and then powerhouse and he was you know he was in the cpc for years um and then you had jester who was in the gwf forever then went to the cpc you had <laughs> who, who had the shortest career of any of them but then came back as a manager too for Kill Prey and Sean Roth. So, you know, I mean, it was a, in terms of, uh, you know, they, you know, they talk about, you know, draft classes. Well, in terms of, you know, wrestler classes, this, this 2089 was a pretty impactful one in terms of long lasting characters. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that um, for me personally, it was probably a set that I spent, a lot of time with um, because I remember those first, you know, the first set I, I, I probably had for over a year before I 
you know, really started picking up uh, the other sets. But um, once I did, you know, I kind of blasted through 2088. And then when I got to 2089, I slowed down a little bit um, and, and, you know, and spent a good deal of time playing that before uh, hopping into 2090 um, and, and then really kind of, you know, then played at a more even pace, I think, through about 2094 or so. Um, and then it was all a race to get caught up. Uh, but anyway, um, but yeah, I, I really loved this set. And, and I think that the, you know, for me, the impact I remember guys like Galactic Punisher and Bounty Hunter having um, right off the bat was, was pretty profound because um, there was the matchup between Bounty Hunter and Wolf um to me was one of the first real like personal type feuds that I felt like Wolf had ready-made in the booklet, you know, prior to that, it was just sort of like, he's the wild man. He does whatever he wants, you know, sure. He can, you know, he can pick a bone with, with, with Thantos. He can, you know, he can go after this guy or that guy or vice versa. But this was the first year where it's like, now, you know, Wolf, who was the centerpiece, I think for a lot of people in the early years, um, had this had this feud that was ready made and had stakes all over the place with the introduction of of not only uh, Amazonia but Rainer Beguile as well. So uh, so that always stood out to me as being an important fact uh, facet of this particular set. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, for me, it was it was it was uh, it was a big set because this was when I when I first bought the game. Twenty eighty nine had just come out, so I kind of i i played 2087 quickly 2088 quickly and then it, like you say i played uh, uh, spent a lot of time on 2089 before the the uh the next set ever came out so it's it's very near and dear to my heart um you know these these characters uh were just a lot of fun to use and and to see them kind of come back to life again is is, is really been neat yeah um now sorry go ahead todd yeah, I was gonna say, um, yeah, I think uh, you know, with with the reimagining here, like the other thing I'll mention is that you know, the, with those original cards with some of the managers, they had the blank backs. Yep. And you know, that was something that was like, okay, well, we're doing this in color. You know, we try to keep pretty you know true to what we've done in the past, but we can't have blank backs on the back of any of these cards. It's just not gonna work. So I think one of the challenges is coming up with you know what to put on the backs of some of these cards and. Uh, and I think we did, and, you know, Rob did a really great job um, of kind of trying to do something unique with each one. And then, and you're kind of mentioning, you know, bringing, you know, uh, uh, Amazonia and Verena Beguile uh, and into this feud with Bounty Hunter and Wolf. And I think the card with Amazonia kind of really emphasizes that, you know, the, the, the different intricacy, you know, interplay between all the different characters. So I think fans will have a, you know, a different twist on that feud with this new Amazonia card added in there. Uh, that's, I, I, man, I'm, I'm very, very excited. I, you know, it's funny. I haven't had a chance to play. Uh, we were speaking before um, off the mic about uh, just schedules and, and everything. And uh, I, I haven't really had a chance to play probably in the past, like five, six weeks or so. And, um, and now all of a sudden I'm, I'm not thinking about like my legends fed or my, my CWF fed, no offense, Mike, I'm thinking about, uh, you know, how can I, how can I get back into, you know, 2087, 2088, 2089 and, and, you know, go back to the start and, and, uh, and have some fun there. Um, so the managers obviously being kind of the centerpiece of this set, uh, I, I just have to ask, 
who is your favorite manager in the set? Uh, well, I mean, one of my favorite managers of all time has to be Rainer Beguile. It might not only just be this card, but kind of like the whole character throughout, you know, like you know, started out here with just the bounty hunter and then kind of really went to all these other different, you know, guys that he brought in and, you know, try guys to try to, you know, make, you know, do all his dirty work for him and eventually becoming a commissioner and really kind of <laughs> a sniveling buffoon then. And yeah, I think he's always been a fun character to kind of write with. Yeah. yeah I mean, Reynard was, was always, um, uh, was always a favorite. I mean, I love Darkos, you know, the whole idea of, especially at the time, because if you think about it, like he's buying up the contracts of, these four established guys from four different teams. And, you know, it's, it's like, he was a great one to have. I mean, and I always liked uh, Solaris and I think that, um, well, his his card back, I think is, is kind of fun. And I think longtime fans of the game will enjoy that card. I think that, that card back is sort of, uh, it's the most. I was the. I had the most fun seeing it. I mean, each one of the 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 um, the, car, the the four manager cards that got uh, you know that were originally blank backs had something cool done for them. Uh, to me, I, I think Solaris's might be the most fun of, of mm-hmm. the four. Agreed. Yeah. Um, nice. But you know, we got Amazonia, as, as, as Todd was saying. Her card really speaks to the. Um, the feud with Reynard Beguile, and then you know Darkos really his mastermind personality comes out in his card. I mean, I think it's it, it was a great job of you know basically having a blank canvas, but still staying very true to the characters. Um, I think that each each one of the card backs. I think Rob uh, did the uh, um, the draft, the original drafts for all of them, and and, and he did a, just a great job. Um, capturing the characters. I mean, you, you, you kind of, you, you read the handbook and then you look at the card and you go, yes, it, it, it totally fits. Um, so I think it's, it's real. I, I think people should be, uh, I, I'm, a, I'm excited for people to get their hands on them because I think they're going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. We're already thinking about what to do for Doomsayer next year. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. Yeah, I um I it's difficult for me to pick um and 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 after um Mike after you brought up Darkos and thinking back to him kind of assembling you know that that sort of prototypical assassins team and and uh seeing the 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 evolution of a character like Pit Viper uh, in particular I think um you know, he ended up playing a very important part uh, kind of shaping a lot of, of character growth and storylines um, mm-hmm. in, in the fabric of the GWF. But as, as a pure character, uh, Raynard Beguile has is, is got to be my favorite. And I always, you know, the funny thing is, is when I used him, I always saw him as being um, a little bit smarter than, than people gave him credit for. You know, I always saw him as being sort of uh, a, a coward and desperate um, and, and a bit sniveling, but I but I always saw him as being fairly intelligent as well. Um, and, and, and I think that that's a spin um, 
that I'd be interested to hear if other promoters had on him um, it, instead of being, you know, super, super buffoonish and comedic. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I just always thought he was he was a great character. And I thought, that you know, the 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 love story, if you will, between him and Amazonia was great. Um, Amazonia was always, uh, you know, a character that I loved using in particular, you know, her, her wrestling cards, um, you know, her, her 20, uh, 21, 11 card in particular, I think, um, was probably my favorite card for her. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, going back to the start here in 2089, uh, she was, uh, just a really cool presence. And I feel like, when you look at what was happening at the time and prior to this in real life wrestling, even there had never really been anything quite like her. Like we're talking like pre China days, you know, we're talking, you know, these were days when, you know, even the women who wrestled had to look a certain way and, and, and there were certain things they weren't allowed to do. And they were, you know, maybe in Japan, you know, you had a couple of wrestlers here or there who might stand out, but, but not quite, you know, in, in, in the same way that Amazonia did. So she was definitely kind of, you know, for the game, uh, but also just in, in the realm of professional wrestling, something different. And, and I, and I've always really enjoyed that. And, um, you know, certainly the comic book influences there with the character without a doubt, but you know, what a perfect match for, for Wolf as well. <laughs> oh, definitely. So any other uh, favorite managers from future sets that anybody has that, uh, you know, we're talk, talking about managers? I've always been a big Cordonis guy. And, I, you yeah. know, later yeah. on, you know, that that's one that really jumps out to me. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, Cordonis was always a favorite of mine. I mean, I thought that uh, you know, it was great because, you know, he was that guy who felt he was – wronged and 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 there was like you know some of the best heels always have a kernel of truth you know in what they say mm-hmm. and 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 you know you, so he 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 felt that he was wronged and he wasn't given a fair chance and you know look at all the chances omega's kids get you know kind of thing and 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 so i'm gonna you know i i'm gonna shut it down and then when when it comes back you know i'm gonna show you how great i am and oh by the way have you met my friend mensar <laughs> it, it's uh I, I thought i just i loved that character i loved everything about the takeover team um just everything that he was uh the kind of he stood for if you will in terms of you know being you know, to me the best heel managers make the faces you know they, they, like you know i always looked at um you know bobby heenan help make Hulk Hogan, you know, if you look in real life, you know, wrestling, you know, you, you know, he was so, you know, because he was so, you hated Bobby Heenan so much, you love, you couldn't help but love Hogan. Um, and, and I think that, um, you know, in my fed, you know, Cordonis turned thunder into a a legend because thunder was my IP champ and Cordonis wanted to get all the gold and takeover. So he kept, you know, sending people after all the belts and he won all of them, except he couldn't get the IP belt off of Thunder. Um, and it was it became this thing in my Fed. And, and you know, Thunder held the belt for, I think, it was like a year and a half, despite all of Cordonis's efforts. So, you know, to me, it's you, Todd, you hit the nail right on the head for me. He's one of the all time all time greats. Oh, definitely. 
I yeah, I mean, this feels a little bit like cheating, but I, I think that um, I, it's hard to disagree with anything that, that you just said. And I and I, I remember those takeover years pretty pretty fondly, and uh, in particular, um, you know, Bloodline got a lot of help uh, from from uh, Cordanis and 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 Minsar. Um, and was it was pretty dominant there for for a while because of that. But um, I think the way that Tom, you know, wisely and in, in a way able to kind of mimic what we had seen a little bit in in, in real life, even uh, in particular in the early '80s, um, kept guys like Commander Sam and Omega and Thantos and Star Warrior around as managers. And I and think this is probably the longest rating one like that, too. Right. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Not to certainly not to leave him out. Um, but but I think for me personally that Sam and Thantos stood out just because. The you know the the, the journey that the, the Commander Sam slash Commando Sam character took and and the impact that he had on especially some of the hero wrestlers and and you know kind of going into that morally gray area and and, and even outright you know heel area at times was really interesting and and told a great story based on where that character came from and then thantos on the flip side you know just uh, you know a mastermind and just an i mean just a perfect role for him you know a guy who was uh the game master in the ring now is the game master outside of the ring um and even having the the kind of that that relationship with that takeover team as well that we're talking about it and kind of playing a part in that um you know with incubus and 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 i think that yeah i mean there are few characters in the canon of champions of the galaxy that will ever have the impact um that Thantos, you know, had obviously. And I think that that is, is equaled outside the ring as it was inside the ring. Yeah, oh, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. I think, I think those have been some of the stronger managers definitely in recent years has been, you know, and then even guys like, uh, Morpheus who was, you know, we, we knew was an early year you know, guy, but we really didn't know much about him until he came back in as a manager later on and definitely had a big impact. And, you know, after the, um, uh, after the war games years and the sudden death years. Yeah. The, the, the one manager I think that we left out that was, uh, uh, I'll, I'll say iconic from, a, um, uh, you know, from a champions of the galaxy standpoint from the CPC. Um, I think Dr. Barnabas was one mm. of the really, you know, just, I mean, the guy was a sociopath, right? <laughs> I mean, it was, the guy was nuts. And, uh, but he was incredibly intelligent and you just, again, wanted him to lose. You know, he just, yeah. you know, he just had to, uh, you wanted him to lose. You you just thought the guy has no morals. He has no, um, no moral compass at all. And, you know, th- those are fun guys to root against. Yeah, absolutely. You know, another name, sort of a more, uh, um, not recent anymore, I suppose. Uh, but a name that, um, came along later on would have to be a guy like Vin Strutter was another guy who I think really kind of, um, put together that no pun intended that, you know, that kind of carnival, uh, of wrestlers that, um, you know, were some of the best in, in the game at that time, you know? Um, and, and so the, you know, he certainly had quite an impact, um, on the GWF while he was around. 
Yeah. yeah, no, no, he did. I mean, I, 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 he definitely did. I mean, there's certain guys who put together teams that were, you know, Darkos being one of them, you know, with the assassins, you know, uh, Vin Strutter putting together, uh, that team with tricks and grit and, uh, grit and tank and those, those guys. Um, and then you had, um, actually doomsayer is another one, uh, who really, Absolutely. you know, put yeah. together a team, uh, that you really, uh, uh, took notice of. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. They, uh, and having the trans evolver and kind of really being an impetus for why characters are changing and stuff like that. Uh, I think that, that was, that was a big thing there. Uh, collector in his short period of time, I think was workshop, great. Yeah. <laughs> the workshop giving some different, uh, views on guys. And actually one guy I definitely have to mention that, uh, you know, both alternate, uh, you know, reality versions of Magnus Colby too you know two two big teams and you know two different uh two different uh parallel universes there so (laughs) might fit that bill too kind of this is true this is very true (laughs) well and the thing about colby too that is kind of incredible is like here's a guy who kind of came from the outside and yet would have such a huge impact once he got in um you know and 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 it was definitely kind of a money talks, you know, sort of character, uh, a name that we absolutely cannot forget when it comes to managers, uh, should not forget is also the dark menace, of course. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that, you know, the, the, the impact that, uh, he's had on the game, um, both in a meta sense and <laughs> in, a, in a, in a true sense, uh, for the storyline, um, has been pretty incredible. I mean, you only need to look at monolith to, to, to know that. So, um, I, I, we, one thing that I give Tom a lot of credit for when it comes to, to bringing the managers into the GWF is that, you know, some, some managers certainly have similar motivations and similar methods, but for the most part, a lot of these guys had very different motivations and very different methods to go about, um, you know, having an impact to the point where you had some guys who were trying to build these large stables, uh, uh, of multiple wrestlers and tag teams to go out there and capture all the belts to other wrestlers or other managers rather who were only managing maybe one guy or two guys. And, 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 and I think that that in itself is an interesting take. Um, and then when you look again, like at the motivations that they had for that, some, some were driven by revenge. Some were driven by a thirst for power. Some wanted belts, some wanted money. Some, you know, and and so I think that that really kind of helped to clearly define a lot of these characters. You know, some were, you know, using biological sci-fi type methods to, to, you know, get to the, the, you know, whatever their goal was, achieve their, their, their dreams, if you will. Others, you know, were, were very much into such underhanded devious tactics. And so I think that, um, that the cool thing is, is no matter what, what managers you're a fan of, you can delve into the tapestry of the GWF and find something that fits kind of a niche that, um, others, you know, will fill a completely different one. And I think that that's a really cool aspect of, of, of the texture that they brought to the game. Definitely. Well said. So with that said, um, we've got, we've got some, some online and website news as well. Don't we? We do. Uh, we, uh, just migrated, uh, to a new and improved, uh, server with a lot more horsepower. Um, and so I think that's going to improve the performance of the game for everybody. And, uh, we're 
starting to make some little tweaks in the background. It will probably be, uh, I think, our next uh, the next time we get together, we'll probably be talking about what's going to happen in uh, uh, 2020. And I think that we'll have some uh, more, some larger announcements around online. But I think that the 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 headline for now is that things are coming, um, and that uh, we're really looking to. Um, uh, improve the user experience. You know, I think it's it's been a, a great system for a number of years, but I think it's it's due for some uh, uh, a little bit of TLC, and we're gonna uh, we're pretty excited about some of the changes we're gonna be able to make to the system now that we have this new platform. That's awesome. Now, are there any um, at, at this point there will there be any noticeable differences um, when it comes to the online experience, um, or is this more just kind of like under the hood maintenancey sort of things? Right now, for what they're going to see, that like for the like I'd say the next you know few weeks, it, it's going to be just maintenance, you know, um, under the hood kind of stuff. But it, you know, when you when you when you hit the gas, it's going it, to it, the engine's going to run a little bit faster. Um, nice. And, uh, you know, we, we may, um, you know, we're trying to make the, the key thing that we wanted to focus on was just making sure everything was stable for users. We didn't want there to be downtime for people. Mm -hmm. uh, so it was, that, that's what we've been, we were really focusing on making sure that it would run on the new hardware. Cause anybody who knows anything about uh, computers, when you change hardware and software and, you know, operating systems and whatnot, sometimes you can have unintended side effects. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but we, uh, I, I think uh, the online team's done a, a great job um, working through any of the potential issues before they ever became issues. And, um, you know, we had the only issue we had when we went live with it was some of the downloads weren't available immediately, but that got fixed within hours. So that's uh, I think we uh, um, we're real pleased with how that's gone. And I think everybody's going to be um, uh, pleased with the direction it'll, it'll go in uh, moving forward. Yeah. You know, for, for what it's worth, again, I've been really busy, you know, these these past two months. But uh, um, when I read the announcement on the message boards about the changeover, uh, you, you know, I think that a testament to a, a good changeover, kind of like you were saying with some of that under the hood stuff is that you don't no notice it. And, and other than things maybe being a little faster, which I have genuinely noticed. Um, yeah, nothing, there was nothing off. There was nothing to miss. Uh, and I was able to, to log in right away and, and have access to everything and, um, and, and have, you know, been doing that every day since then. Um, so, uh, which is, which is very, very cool. Um, now, is there anything that you can share, you know, kind of beyond the fact that there's going to be some changes and, and new stuff, uh, about, uh, the new, the new website, anything that you well, want to whet people's appetite with? Well, I will say, you know, the thing that's going to be much more noticeable in the near term is the actual philsingergames.com itself. That is something else we were addressing. It's been a while since that site has seen an update, uh, and anybody who's used the store, I know can definitely say that that the store needs uh, definitely refreshing. Uh, so that is, uh, definitely, that is the thing that we're working on right now, this, the, you know, the next uh, couple of weeks. Uh, so probably in very, very early 2020, uh, you'll see something new, uh, you know, as far as 
how the content is there, but much more noticeably is going to be the store itself. Uh, it'll be much more streamlined. It'll be, I think, a lot easier to use. Uh, we will uh, hopefully be incorporating the online stuff into it as well as the, the print stuff. Uh, so everything can be accessed much more easily uh, from there. Uh, so that's our big focus in the next few weeks now that the uh, the holiday releases are kind of out that is just kind of getting more done with that. Uh, but we, you know, it's something we've been talking about for a while and luckily finally got the, got the go ahead to be going on that. And uh, yeah, we're very excited about that. Awesome. Uh, uh, there's anything more you want to add, Mike, as far as, uh, as far as the website itself. No, I mean, I, I think you hit it on the head. We really wanted to just make it a more um, fan-friendly uh, site so that it would be easier to get to what you need to get to and, and, and make it a little bit more approachable for people who are new to the game. Yeah, definitely. And, and I think, you know, the new software that we're putting it on and other tools that we're going to have with it is going to give us a lot more flexibility to do different things in the future as well. Nothing I'm going to get into right now, but I think people, <laughs> notice some different things that and how you'll interact with those certain games in the future uh, because of the new platform with that as well nice very cool well i mean i certainly look forward to that i i i you know it's funny um being someone who's played the game for uh, you know 25 26 years um and and still kind of looking at the online aspect as being like this great gift um i i, I guess in, in a way, and, and I, and I not saying this in a negative fashion at all, I've never expected a whole lot from it. You know, it was just kind of like really cool that I could even play it online to begin with um, and not have to like, you know, cart my cards wherever I was going. So, so that has just always been super cool. So the fact that there's going to be, you know, improvements on that end and then improvements to the website um, is, is, is just, yeah, is, is great. And I think that for new players and for people who are, you know, obviously used to, uh, you know, a certain level of interactivity with, with the websites that they visit and that sort of thing. I think that it's a, it's a great step um, to help attract new players and, and maybe, uh, for lack of a better word, comfort them uh, and let them know that, like, you know, it's like this is, yeah, this is with it. This is this is hip. This is the new thing. I don't know. That's I said that. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> um but that's cool. No, I'm 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 excited to hear all that, and I look forward to seeing exactly what the what the overall uh, impact and effects are. Definitely, we're excited. To, we're excited to everyone to see it too. So, well, cool. Well, um, so um, I think at this point um, we've got uh, another guest who will be joining us shortly. Um, but in the meantime, Mike, uh, are you, you're, you're going to depart for the evening. Is that correct? I, I am going to cut out and, and, and give the uh, floor to somebody who deserves a lot of recognition for all the hard work he's done for, for the game. And, and, uh, you know, he's just, uh, he's a great, great part of the team. And, and I'm glad that you're going to be able to have a few minutes to chat with him. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to we're going to bring Zeke on here in just a minute. But Mike, thank you so much. Uh, as usual, it's always a pleasure to speak with you and uh, hear your opinions and stories uh, on and about the game. So thank you so much for spending some time with us tonight. Absolutely, my friend. All right. Take care. In the meantime, look forward to hearing from you soon. And um, hopefully we're going to get some uh, some more storytelling from you in the very near future as well, because I know that uh, 
I, I feel as though Future Shock needs a little uh, uh, injection of new talent, perhaps. <laughs> I, I think that's something we, we should talk about next time. <laughs> well, awesome. Well, Mike, take care of yourself. Very happy holidays to you, sir. And uh, I'm sure we'll talk to you again real soon. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays to everybody else. Thanks so much. Thanks, Mike. All right. And now uh, to the King of Pro Wrestling podcast here with our Phil Slinger Games edition. Once again, we want to welcome Zeke Gould to the show. Uh, Zeke, um, you are, are many, many, many things to the to the uh, to the game, to the community um, promoter, obviously. Um, but I think most importantly of all the impact that you've had on the uh, indie side uh, of the, the game and the sets and, and your signings of talent. Um, the impact there is pretty immeasurable. So thank you so much for joining us and certainly want to spend some time talking about uh, um, all of the contributions that you have made um, over these past few years in particular. Oh, thank you, Sam. Yeah, I'll be, I'll be glad to. Excellent. So um, so let's just dive right in. Um, I think with the um, the latest uh, uh, sets, we you know we had two um, indie sets that just recently uh, dropped the um, um, women of the indies and best of the indies sets. Um, Zeke, do you have some favorite signings, um, perhaps from those two sets? Well, from those two sets, um, let's see. Yeah, for the women's set, probably uh, Scarlett Bordeaux and uh, Kiera Hogan. Um, most of them I didn't sign, though. And then for the men's set, I think mostly Todd got those guys online. And um, but I think Tom Waller, you did sign, though, if I'm not mistaken. I did sign Tom Waller. You're right. Yeah, I did sign Tom Waller. Nice. There in Las Vegas. Um, Super cool. But I think he might have been the only one actually in that set. Um, so, you know, at, at the risk of me having put the cart before the horse, um, so, so obviously, you know, you, you have been kind of a maestro of signing a lot of the, the indie talent, um, and, and, and been present for some, you know, legends talent being signed as well. Um, how did you get involved with the game and when did you start playing, you know, kind of what's your, uh, uh, Phil Singer games, champions of the galaxy, legends of wrestling, you know, uh, story. Well, I started playing around the, um, I guess, the mid to late 1980s, about uh, 87, I think, uh, or maybe ages 88. Uh, when I first saw the game when they uh, had it in the ad for Paris and Illustrated with the, the Spike ad. Nice. And I had some relatives buy it for me, and I enjoyed playing it. Um, and I always thought it'd be cool if they had if they had real wrestlers, although because um, uh, I was also playing the other game, uh, Superstar for Wrestling, I think it was. And I enjoyed that, but I also thought, I always thought the, the championship game was better, but I, <laughs> I liked the real wrestlers. Um, and then I went to college and well, high school and college, and I kind of got away from it for a while. And then I got back into it about 2003 when the uh, Legends box set came out, followed by Legends rematch. And then I've been, I've been playing it constantly ever since. Nice. Yeah. I mean, you're, uh, uh, you know, your ring of Vegas fed, uh, among, you know, your other feds, uh, is one of my favorites to read on, on the board. So, um, I, I mean, certainly the love of your game shows just, just in those write-ups. Um, but, uh, obviously in addition to being a player, um, you know, you've had a direct impact on, on the game, um, in, in other ways, when did you get involved, um, you know, with, with doing stats or, or signing wrestlers, that sort of stuff. How did that come about? 
signing wrestlers, uh, that was started in 2009 after I started going to PWG, which is a good place to meet wrestlers because they're always a lot of them hang out after the shows or before the shows during intermission. And there's no, you don't have to pay a meet and greet price to meet them. You just walk up and meet them. And they had, uh, our first show was a tremendous, tremendous two, uh, 2009. And, <laughs> uh, first guy and I, Cole Cabana was out and I was talking to him about, about the game. And he said, there was something that he said he would express an interest in wanting to do. So I got back to Todd and Chris Oscar about it. And then they announced that, uh, the next show PWG, Brian Kendrick would be making his first, uh, us appearance since he got, uh, released from the WWE. And mm. So I asked if it would be possible if I could get the, the form to try to sign uh, Brian Kendrick, and they decided they they, they sent it to me. Um, and uh, later that night, I was able to get uh, the first signings at the show was uh, Joey Ryan, uh, Roderick Strong, and then Brian Kendrick. Nice. Yeah, I think the timing was like right after Zeke and I met in person for the first time because I, I was out in, uh, for a, ba- a bachelor party in uh, I think the early part of 2009. In Las Vegas, you know, when you're in Vegas, you got you got to see Zeke, you know, that, that's, that's for sure. <laughs> and then, yeah, you know, just us really beginning to talk more there. And then that kind of was right as a lot of these indie sets were starting and whatnot. And uh, yeah, no, then he started going to PWG and it was, yeah, it was great. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there have been some some big names, obviously, that, you know, have been signed as a result of that. Um, are there, you know, any stories or particular names maybe that that in those early years? I mean, obviously, those first three names, uh, you know, are pretty awesome in their own right. Um, but any other names or stories about signing certain names in the early days uh, that stand out to you, Zeke? In the early days, definitely Kenny Omega would, would qualify. Um, yeah. <laughs> He, uh, I, I, and even 10 years later, I don't think there's anyone who's ever been excited that, I, that I've seen at least that when about being uh, signing for the game as Kenny Omega. Um, it was, it was the night that he, uh, he won Bola, uh, 20, 2009. Yeah. And Bola that year was for the title because, uh, Brian Jansen had just vacated it to go back to the WWE and Kenny Omega beat Roderick Strong in the finals and won Bola. Uh, after the, after the show ended, I hung around for a while and, I got to meet Kenny Omega. One second. And I brought up uh, cards. And like usually when I try to talk to somebody about the game, I want to show them cards of someone that they know. And yeah. I started off showing him uh, Chuck Taylor. Uh, <laughs> Chuck Taylor was his tag partner at PWG. as a man a little more fiber. And he saw the card and he knew, he uh, immediately yelled out. Um, well, he's well. I don't know if I can say what he yelled out because you can. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> okay. Uh, he he started. He yelled out, "That's fucking awesome!" <laughs> and and then I talked to him about the game, and and he then yelled, "Let's fucking do it!" at the top of his lungs. <laughs> um, and so he signed up, and then he with the form, and then he dropped my pin on the ground, and he picked up my pin and. Apologize to the pin and then wish my pin good <laughs> wish my pin good luck. And uh, he was the, so he I, um, the only I've had a lot of people being pretty happy about being the game, but nobody like really shouting uh, like Kenny Omega. So he was probably probably the most excited guy I've ever seen. Since. 
That's cool. That's great. You know, there are because I've heard some stories um, uh, about other folks that have, you know, whether or not they've necessarily been excited to be in the game. They were aware of the game. They were you know, they they were happy to be a part of the game, that sort of thing, which is which is always cool because, um, you, you know, I always think of somebody like Brian Danielson, where it's like, you know, it's like he played the game. like He knew what the game was. Um, and I always just think that's such a cool story to, to kind of be like, oh, man, you know, the. One of the best who's ever stepped in the ring and somebody that, you know, a lot of indie fans in particular have always loved and adored. And, um, you know, he's created so many cool moments, even in WWE, when a lot of those cool moments didn't seem to be coming along very often. Um, but somebody like him, it's kind of like, yeah, hey, he's one of us, you know, Um but uh, uh, yeah, I, I, it's funny that you mentioned Kenny Omega because he was kind of the guy that was in my head that I that I wondered, you know, how that signing went. And that's uh, that, that that's pretty cool. Um, are there any names um, that you've signed kind of outside of PWG that were surprising to you that you never really thought that you'd get the chance to, to you know, sign to the game? Yeah, there's there's been a couple. Some of them I can't mention because they haven't been. Ah, uh, <laughs> oh, darn it. <laughs> There's one in particular who I know who you're talking about. <laughs> All right, so so after this off mic, uh, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> so Zeke, what's the farthest that you think you've ever been from Vegas, which I know is home for you, uh, and made a signing? I believe that is. I believe it's Pittsburgh. Um, two years summers ago, we were at Galacticon at a uh, show in Pittsburgh. Uh, there were some guys out uh, doing a meet and greet selling merch at intermission uh todd was running the uh filster games merch booth at the time and he asked me to go talk to the guys about possibly being in the game and i was i was able to get on so i think right now pittsburgh i'm going to mania weekend in april and in terms of distance and mileage i'm not sure if that's farther than pittsburgh or not but hopefully i'll be able to get some signings in tampa bay i know that sometimes during mania weekend it can be, it can be hard to do that because they kind of shuffle you in and out of the venue um because uh, I want to go see a lot of GCW, and they're going to be running you know, one show after the other. But sure. uh, yeah, I, uh, at the collective last we'll year, that was definitely problematic. I wanted to try to talk to some people, and it was real tough there. Yeah, I, I you know, it's it certainly even you know, in, in my limited experience, um, you know, with, with talking to people about the game, um, it does feel like those smaller shows uh, tend to be the you know the easier way to to chat with people. I know it's like the AAW shows um, here in right. Chicago. You know, there's just plenty of opportunities to talk to the wrestlers before, during, after uh, uh, the shows. And um, I think the only other experience that I've had where you know, the wrestlers were so easily approachable was, was the first star cast. And I know that even that's changed now, like the past couple of star casts have been a very different experience, uh, from what I've heard and what I've read than that first star cast. So, um, and, and especially with, with, with AEW taking up some of the, the real estate now, um, and, and, you know, signing guys to, to exclusive contracts and such, you know, some of these guys that used to be probably easily approachable, uh, are no longer, really in the pool, uh, so to speak for signing. And I, and I know, and I won't name any names, but I know from conversations that, that, that we've had before that there are a couple of names that were like on the cusp, you know, that, that, that were willing to, to, to be in the game, but for one reason or another had just recently signed a contract maybe, and then could not, uh, uh could not sign on, which is, which is definitely, I think going to be 
maybe a new challenge, if you will, um, for, for finding guys. But if there's anything that we know, it's also that there are always new faces and, and, and new stars for lack of a better word, uh, out there on the independent circuit that, um, fit so well in, in the game system and in the talent pool. Um, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. There, uh, there are, um, Every year, uh, like at Ebola, there's always new names that had not had not been in the tournament the year before. Um, so there's yeah, there's a constant influx of new guys coming in. So there's there's none there's like a never ending possibility of getting great names for for the indie game. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, sometimes uh, sometimes also conventions can be pretty good as well. Uh, yeah, wrestling conventions we found are not always great for selling stuff, but are great for getting a chance to talk to a lot of people as well. So I know Zeke has done some stuff at uh, some conventions as well. Uh, some of those names you might see uh, the beginning of the year next year uh, with uh, one of our first indie set of the year next year. Oh, man. I can't wait. I want you to just spoil it all right now. Well, well you know, I think we can at least mention mention <laughs> the theme of it, though. Zeke, do you, oh, want yeah. mention, do you want to mention the theme of the first indie set next year? I think that's some news we, that we can break here on King of Pro Wrestling. Okay, sure. Um, the first uh, indie set for 2020 is going to be Best of Mexico. Oh, very cool. Yeah, we had, we put it up for a poll just to see, make sure everybody was really interested in it, and that was the blow away one that everybody wanted. I think everybody expected after Best of UK and Best of Canada, we'd see a Best of uh, Mexico. And uh, yeah, definitely thanks to the efforts of Zeke with uh, the vast, vast majority of these names. <laughs> That I mean, that is fantastic. I cannot, I cannot wait. Uh, when um, will teasers start to roll out for that? I mean, imagine it's, it's a little ways off yet, but but do you have like an idea of about when those teasers will start to come out so we can get some names? Uh, yeah, we're probably looking at uh, middle part of January for that. Okay, that's not too long to wait. I can, if I, you know, if I can wait two weeks for Christmas, I can, I can wait about a month or so to get my first teaser. <laughs> Uh, Zeke, um, do you have any idea, like uh, even just a ballpark number uh, of the guys that you, the number of people that you have signed for the game? Oh no, I I, I don't. It's it's been doing over ten years, but I never I never counted them up. So, um, I'm sure it's in the hundreds, but I don't really have a number for you. Yeah. Well, I, you know, the main reason I ask is because I just I don't want and I and I think that a, a good deal of the community is aware and very grateful for it. But, you know, for anyone who's listening that might not be aware, I think that it's it's worth noting that, um, you know, you really have had a, an incredible impact um, on the game um, by by way of signing these folks. And, and I think brought a lot of enjoyment um, to, to players and, and being able to have some of the, the talent that we've been able to have in the game, um, you know, by way of, of those signings. Um, it, it, you know, when I was, um, when I was at Starcast last year and we, we had, uh, cards on the table and we were doing some, uh, some demos and, 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 uh, had even had a tournament that we played, uh, while we were there, um, if it hadn't been for that Kenny Omega card, there are absolutely people who would not have stopped by the table and checked out the game and wanted to know more. Um, so, I mean, even just with that one card in particular, I know that there are a lot of people that, that uh, at that time specifically were certainly uh, drawn to it because of that. Um, and, and I think that, uh, you know, there's plenty of other names uh, that, that uh, you've signed that, um, 
are, are, are not not only conversation starters, but our draws, our selling points for the game. So, um, you know, certainly I thank you. And I know that there are a lot of other people out there that would as well. And, and one more thing, I'll, oh, sorry, one more thing I'll add is not only is he signing everybody, he's also doing a lot, a lot of stats for all these guys, too. Todd, it's like you read my mind because I, <laughs> I wanted to ask you, Zeke. I wanted to ask you about that. Um, you know, when it comes to statting these guys, I know in, in some of the stuff that you've mentioned on the boards before um, about uh, um, obviously watching footage, um, you know, seeing these guys perform live. Um, but you've also had the opportunity to discuss with the talent the stats that are going to be on their card, right? Yeah, I try to. I, so I always want to. Uh, I always make an effort, unless it's um, pretty apparent that I won't be able to hear back from them. That uh, to, to get their feedback and kind of use that as a base to to move move from there. Because there's nobody that's going to be a better authority on their move set than the wrestlers themselves. And it, it varies. Sometimes I hear back. Sometimes I don't. I I say maybe about three, maybe three and a half hours every five five times I hear back. And it, it it varies. Sometimes I'll get a, a, a list of a whole list of moves, and sometimes I'll get like one or two that I already knew. Um, I think Leo Rush just gave me his two finishers, which I which I knew already. But uh, <laughs> but if, on the average, he used to be about five or six, and that's a good start. And um, I have this a form that I typed up uh, to, to list finishers, signatures, regular moves, and it's pretty easy for to fill out. And uh, usually, I can either send it off as an email attachment. Or I'll hit them up on Facebook and copy and paste it in there. And I always ask for a move description too, so that way I make sure I'm not doubling something up. And I, and that way I know that when I see the move in the match, that uh, that I know precisely what it is. But um, yeah, and then after that you have to watch the matches. Um, one second. Um, do you have uh, do you have like uh, some favorite uh, a talent that you've that you've statted up like um, that that have just been really, really fun to do the stats for. Yeah, there's a lot of them. I, I really like Walter's card a lot. Um, yeah. <laughs> I like to, uh, Timmy Thatcher's newest card and together as a ring comp. I, I like how they came out. Uh, yeah. Austin theory. I like how that came out. Um, Davey boy Smith jr. And Teddy Hart. I thought it came out really well. Uh, very recently, Alexander Hamilton. I thought it was good. Um, so yeah, there's, there's a lot, but those are some of the ones I guess at the top of my head. Yeah, I know that that that's awesome actually to hear that because uh, I, I really really like those cards a lot. You know, I think Walter's oh, really smart, obviously, and um, you know Timothy Thatcher is is a guy who I remember, you know, seeing when I first kind of got into Evolve, um, and and you know just thinking that he was very unique and really cool, and then his title run there, um, and I always felt like his, his you know his first card. Um, that we had was, was a great card. I mean, I love the card, um, but it, that second card in particular was, was just, I mean, I thought that second card was stellar. Yeah, the first card came out when he was uh, in Evolve, but he was kind of in the mid-card ranks uh, going against guys like Buff Bag, Buff Bagger, sorry, Buff Busick and Chris Hero. Um, but then his career certainly took off in the, you know, three months later in the summer when he won the title and held it for a record amount of time in, uh, in Evolve. And, uh, at that point on, he kind of needed an, up, an update in terms of uh, card strength, and then uh, he needs about the update. Then we got to update his moves as well. Um, so yeah, I, th- I think it came out pretty well. Yeah. Um, 
you know, another guy that we that, that you and I talked about and, and mentioned that um, you came out to Chicago. Um, gosh, I guess it's been almost two years ago now. Um, and we caught an AAW show, but not just any yes. AAW show. Uh, it was the show that uh, Tetsuya Naito was on. And, um, you know, we had a great time. And, you know, we were talking about uh, guys in the game. And a name that you mentioned to me at the time um, was Matt Riddle, who already had a card. But, you know, you were hinting at the fact that he was going to have another card. And uh, I... I, I love that second card of his. I think, you know, the artwork obviously is great. You know, Werner did a great job on that. But uh, the stats are, are incredible. And I always love it when we get, especially with a guy like Matt Riddle, when you get those role finishers. Um, it, it, it takes me back in some ways. I know that there were... Um, Back in like the late 90s, early 2000s, uh, on one of the, the mailing lists or message boards when people were doing some bootlegs, uh, there were some all Japan bootlegs and they had um, role finishers. And I always thought that that was a cool way to, to get guys who could finish people in multiple ways um, and certainly guys who had sort of like the, the, the build of those finishers. Like they, they tried this first finisher and it would put down a lot of guys, but there's some guys that would you know kick out and then they'd have to try that stronger one and then a stronger one. And it was that, that aspect of wrestling has always appealed to me. And so I really love that, that second Matt Riddle. That's right. Yeah, I remember you. You were there. I was. I was actually working on the that new Evolve set at the time. In fact, I think you were there when we we signed DJZ that, that night. Um, yep. <laughs> yes. Okay. Um, yeah, that real card. The first one that came out was uh, what was it? Twenty. I want to say twenty sixteen uh, for Evolve as part of our annual Evolve set. And Riddle at that point had not had a lot of matches yet. Yeah. So there was brand new to wrestling. Yeah. Yeah. And there was, uh, I think it's seven evolved matches, if I remember my notes correctly. So there wasn't a, a lot to go on to then. Um, but, and of course, he's, he accomplished a whole lot since that, that first card. So he definitely needed a, definitely needed an upgrade. And I like, I like the, the new upgrade, new upgraded card too. Um, he, uh, about the role finishers. Yeah, sometimes you, they're kind of, I think they're necessary. In indie wrestling in particular, it's not too uncommon for guys to have multiple finishers. And if you, but at the same time, you have to balance out the card. You can't have a finisher for, you know, taking up half of a level three offense of four, five, and six. Right. Um, so sometimes if you, and so if it's sometimes a, a roll finisher makes sense because you can include that uh, without uh, putting the card out of whack in terms of strength. And then at the same time, incorporate more of the offense because you still have all those other spots to fill up on the card. So. Yeah. Are, you know, are there um, so kind of on the flip side, you know, we've talked about some of your favorite cards and some, some of my favorite cards. Are there any cards that you kind of look back on and you think to yourself, oh, if I had it to do over again, I might change this or I might change that? Yeah, I think there, I think there's a couple. Um, and, uh, and, so, and some of it, some of it's due to just the fact that, uh, you know, after the cards come out, the guys, the guys go up the card and guys go down the card and, um like I think Sozio for CCW, for example, I think the card was good at the time it came out. Uh, at the time he came out, he was the champion. He had not been pinned in uh, what was it, about a year and a half uh, since the wrestler union the year before. Um, so he's getting a push, and it was one of the reasons why he was on the uh, was it, was was going to be in the set. But uh, um, you know, but if he, but, but you know, it doesn't it doesn't really represent his career. I think as a whole, it represents him at the time, but not not the not not his career. But yeah. But. How important do you think when when you are statting cards like that? How important is it to 
you know, to capture a guy at that moment or to present maybe a little bit of a broader, um, you know, sort of a general card to, to represent for the whole era. Cause I, I imagine that like certainly with legends cards, you know, you, you, you probably would, would strive more to represent an era, but I feel like with indie cards, you get a little bit more of a luxury to, to perhaps spotlight certain, you know, that, that moment, you know, they, they can speak more to the specific moment that we're in. Um, as far as your strategy for statting cards, you know, do you have one way you like to do it more than more than the other? Do you mean in terms of uh, card strength? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Like, uh, you know, would you would you look at it as being like, you know, this guy's on top right now, so he's going to have a great card, as opposed to, you know, maybe maybe it's going to be a short term thing, and obviously sometimes that's something you don't know. But but would you yeah. rather try to capture? you know, a guy, a snapshot of five years of a guy's career, as opposed to, you know, that, that particular month when you're statting this card. Generally, I try to just uh, make the card as current as I can. So it's, I try to, I try to get him, I try to get him at the current card strength. Um, uh, you know, you just never know. I mean, uh, some guy just won the title, um, at the same time. So he might have a short reign at the same time. He might go on to have a nine month reign. Uh, it's just, it's sometimes that's, it's kind of harder to determine with the indie set. If with the legend set, you can look back at the career, which is pretty much almost over, uh, with indie sets, sometimes it's kind of, sometimes, uh, uh, you know, it could be, you know, you, you kind of have to just go with what, what you feel at the time. Um, Matt Taven's card, he, he came out and, you know, when he got his, he got, his card came out right after he won the title at Madison Square Garden a month earlier, and the question was how long he was going to have the title. Uh, we didn't know. Um, so when we, he definitely needed an upgrade, which he got. Um, and kind of one way to hedge against it was that mechanic I put on there was for if he has if he's the champion at the time uh, on level three defense, he gets some special advantages such as um, you know you can use the title smash, uh, you know you can cheat, which was exactly what he was doing when he was the champion. Um, so it gives him it gives it gives it does, it does give him some type of advantages that way. Uh, but yeah. yeah, you just never know sometimes about how, uh, with the current wrestlers, just, uh, you know, how, how, uh, how high they're going to remain on the card for how long. Do you, um, you know, speaking about somebody like Matt Taven, cause I know that there were some people, um, that, that, you know, might've expressed like a, a little bit of not disappointment. That's might be too strong of a word, but, uh, did think that the card wasn't quite maybe as strong as, as it should have been. I, I personally, I thought the card was perfect and I, and I agree. I thought that that mechanic was a great way to kind of give him the potential to, you know, carry a title longer, hold a title longer. Um, do you, uh, make up for things like that with any house rules, maybe like when you're, you know, when you're playing your game, I think that that's something that we've not really talked a whole lot about, um, prior you know in the other podcasts that we've done with phil singer games but do you have like any house rules when you're playing that might give a champion an advantage or something like that or do you just pretty much play by the book oh in my personal feds yep yeah i, I do the i do the uh the rule where the champion has to get pinned twice and that's pretty much it though but it has led to some pretty long title runs for me um, so that has, that has seemed to work for me, but other than that, I don't do anything else in that. And that's pretty much by the book. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I like that as, as a house rule. Um, you know, it's funny because I've not, uh, I've never actually used it. Um, but I've, I've long thought about it and, and, uh, I, I have a couple of, um, uh, like most players, you know, there's always that idea of like, well, maybe I'll start another fed here or there. And I, I've, I've had a, a thought of a, of a fed. And if I, if I started, I think I'll probably use that. Um, 
so you know going back to like signings and, and stats and stuff like that um, you know any any cool stories uh, that you'd like to add about uh, particular signings or maybe conversations that you've had with wrestlers over their stats uh, you know anything like that anything that comes to mind uh, well um yeah, I, I, some 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 of the guys they sometimes you, they want moves on the cards that we, we can't use unfortunately. Uh, for for example, um, Bandito, he just his card came out and he's got that move. It's on level three offense number five, the Fallway Slam Moonsault, and the actual name for that move is the Guerrero Moonsault. You know, because we worked with the Guerreros down in Mexico, but we can't use that because the Guerreros we don't have a Guerrero signed to the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, same with like Tangent, same with like Ethan Page, and the, he's got this pump kick called the tan Seamus, but we don't have Seamus, so we can't use him. <laughs> I can't use that one. Um, and then like Mark Davis, Ossie open got announced last, uh, I think last month when, in that poll on the board, uh, he's got, he's got this, uh, pile driver, uh, that, uh, he, it's the name of the pile driver is called, um, uh, close your eyes and count the fuck. Um, <laughs> we, you know, that's not going to fit on the card and you can't, I mean, you can't use the profanity. So probably have to shorten, shorten it down. Right shorten it down to close your eyes or something. But, uh, so there's, there's been some things that they've suggested that we just, that we, that we can't use. And it's been sometimes when they've actually, uh, they've, they've asked me to come up with some move names, um, <laughs> which. Yeah. That that happened this week. Yeah. I know that's happened once or twice, right? A couple of times actually. Yeah. This past year it happened twice. It happened with, uh, Jody Fleisch and it happened with PJ Black. I remember yeah. the PJ Black. I, yeah, I remember it because I remember you mentioned that about the PJ Black uh, uh, move where you, you basically named one of his moves. <laughs> yeah, he had this uh, – he I was able to get a hold of PJ Black. Uh, Todd gave me the, the, the email contact uh, for him, and, I, and he got back to me. And he listed the, the, a few moves, and, and I was watching his matches to fill it out. And I, I mentioned a couple of things I, was, I wanted to put on there, including the, the pendulum swing that I saw him do in both the recent Ring of Honor matches and the last season of Lucha Underground. Uh, and he goes, oh, yeah, the pendulum swing, that's a good move. He goes, you know, I've been trying to figure out a, a name for it. Uh, do you have any suggestions? And a lot of the moves on P.J. Black's card, because he has a, a degree in sports science, uh, is things that are health-related, like the placebo effect, uh, checkup, bad habits, the wellness policy. And so I was thinking, okay, health and pendulum swing. And I suggested the mood swing. And he responded that he really liked it, and he was going to start calling it that. So I put the mood swing on the card. Uh, but that's a, but that's, that's, that's very rare. That's only happened a few times, but it has happened occasionally. Yeah. Um, now, uh, Todd, you, 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 may, you might have to play sheriff here because yeah. I, I certainly don't want to delve into any spoiler territory, but, um, are there, are there any, you know, big names that are not yet announced, um, that, that you are kind of, you know, chomping at the bit for people to, to know, uh, are, are coming to the game. Yeah, there's, 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 there's a, there's, a, there's quite a few, um, both, <laughs> both in Indies and in legends. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, as far as like maybe some names you can share, uh, Zeke, is it, I, now you've done a vast majority of the indie card stats the last few years. Uh, but no, you haven't done all of them in the, some of the early years. I know some people, mm-hmm. some other people were involved. Um, is there anyone that either a, a guy that either you've done or someone else has done before that you would like to do an update for? Is there like, you know, one or two names that really kind of stick out to you if someone you think really needs a new card? 
Yeah, there's 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 a few. Uh, top of my head, I think Will Osprey could use a new a new card. Um, yeah. I, 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 I think the card is. Uh, um, Especially that one who tweaks his defense to that for sure, um, and he's got a lot of uh, he's got a lot of new um, he's got a lot of new uh, signatures that and, and finishers that um, would would work really well on his cards. I think uh, Will Osprey's on top of my head. Darby Allen, I think for sure too. His card his card art, I think, is one of my favorites that Warner's yeah. done. But Darby Allen's kind of like the first Matt Riddle card in the sense that uh, you know it's time to put out the next Evolve set, and he was had been relatively new and was mostly just in the opening matches so far. Uh, but now, of course, he's, his career has taken off a lot more than it had at the time of his card release. So he'd be somebody that I would think so for sure. Um, those are two at the top of my the top of my head that I can think of. Okay. Well, uh, Zeke, we're going to need you to go talk to Tony Khan and see if you can get <laughs> us permission to do another Darby Allen card. Then uh, you, you're so good at talking to all the wrestlers. I think you can talk to Tony. <laughs> oh, another guy. Um, Orange Cassidy, I think, would be another oh, guy. Oh, he definitely needs one. Yeah, we were actually we had him on the list for the uh, the last indie set as well of doing that, but then we decided to do all new cards instead of doing an update. But he, that was before he even blew up more than he did. So yeah, I kind of wish we did do that one. That that would be a great one. Yeah, you I know. mean, and I think it's probably I think he's uh, Orange Cassidy, if I'm not mistaken. Um, He's with AEW, but I don't think it's I don't think he's exclusive. I think it's I think it's a a, a, um, a per diem type of deal. At least it was when he first signed. So he might still be a possibility. Um, you know, and I think it's it's worth noting that um, I, I there are I mean there are a couple of guys who I think have great cards, but I would love to see an update just because it would be cool to maybe get. Uh, you know, some new card art and maybe a couple tweaks here and there. And I think going back to kind of the start of this conversation, I think Kenny Omega is a guy that I would love to see a new card for. Yeah, I, I could see that. I mean, at the, the time he came out of Congress, he was the cleaner and uh, the stuff with the broom that's on the card that represents what he was doing at the time. But uh, yeah, I could, I could step, he's, he's definitely a guy that I, I could see an argument for a new card for sure. Absolutely. He, his card plays well, well for me. He's the, I've got this British Fed that he, he's been the champion for a while, so he plays well. But um, I can see a, a new card in terms of you know his art and uh, his movesets, absolutely. Now, um, at the risk of, of 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 diving into any spoilers here, and again, Todd, please feel free to play sheriff here. Are there any names out there uh, that I mean, whether they're you know there's no way in heck it's ever going to happen or, you know, maybe there's a glimmer of possibility or whatever, but names that aren't signed that you would just that, like, like would be, you know, like your top three names um, that aren't currently signed that you want to be able to sign. Well, yeah. Or, or someone else signs it. It's, it's whoever, however, however you can give the game would be great. Sure. Uh, <laughs> um, I, yeah, I, I, um, I would really like to get Pentagon at Phoenix. Um, I've uh, I've talked to, I talked to them at PWG before, and I went through I went to Phoenix because Phoenix is a little more bilingual than, than Pentagon. Yeah. Um, and he, uh, he I went over with him, and then he said he, I'm looking at I talked to, to Pentagon about this in Spanish. My brother in Spanish, and he explained it into Spanish. And Pentagon looked at the cards and nodded. Um, and then Phoenix had told me at the time. Um, yeah, I, th- I think we're probably going to sign. He goes, but we we can't do this right now because we have to go figure out. Uh, like what names we can use because you know they use different varieties of names and some they can use some they cannot and um he gave me he gave me his contact address um and i 
I don't think they, I, I think I said, I said, I, I know I sent it off to Todd, but I don't know if they ever got back to him, unfortunately. Yeah, I didn't really go anywhere, unfortunately, after that. So those, those are two guys I'd like to get. But, and I don't know if it's still possible because I, I don't know that they're exclusive to AEW not. I mean, they wrestle they're a lot not. of other guys. They're, they're, yeah, they're not actually exclusive to AEW, which is uh, which is pretty great. I mean, I, I know part of that I think has to do with their AAA commitments and stuff. But um, they, yeah, it's one of the interesting because they're I mean they're obviously kind of headliner names in AEW, but they're not actually signed to exclusive contracts, which I think is is fascinating given the current landscape of professional wrestling. Yeah, I, I yes, I think that's probably. Um yeah, I think I think the trip, yeah, the triple A uh, reason is, is one of them is one of the reasons why they, they are not. I think uh, it's going to be interesting with Bandito too. Uh, his contract with Ring of Honor ends in January, and uh, where where is he going to go? Is he going to be? Uh, is he going to also be like, kind of like a free agent and show up in various places? Um, uh, go back to CMML? Uh, I don't know. Um, uh, it'd be interesting. I, I kind of like to see him stay in Ring of Honor a little bit and team with Felitas more. As yeah. blood, but um, but yeah, well, he's another guy that I really like, and I'm I'm looking to see what happens with him too. Do you have? Do you, uh, I, I mean, it's re- I think it's it's very hard in this day and age uh, to answer this question. But do you have a favorite promotion? Is there a promotion that you kind of consider like you know your your promotion, like your home team? Well, my favorite promotion to want to go to is is Pro Wrestling Growth. Still, yeah. Um, I don't. I. I like their new venue, the Globe Theater. I thought it was a little more uh, crazy inside the, uh, the old Legion Hall, although I don't miss the Legion Hall with the, with the path down checks and and Legion Larry, the the building administrator. But um, but it's still my it's still my uh, it's still my favorite Fed to go to is Pro Wrestling Grow to go to. My my favorite Fed to watch online is is GCW, and I'm looking forward to going to a lot of GCW shows in uh, during Mania Week in the Tampa Bay. Nice, nice. Um... Todd, anything, anything, anything else that we should uh, we should touch on? No, I think we've hit on a lot there. Um, yeah, no, I mean Zeke's been a huge MVP uh, for for Vilsinger Games, especially obviously the indie indie um, sets, you know, you know, and what we've been doing there. I mean, a lot of that has, as you said, we've you know, I know Mike mentioned it before. I'll definitely say again, like huge contributions by Zeke that is. Very much appreciated, and uh, I personally, one of my highlights of uh, going to Galacticon each year is getting to uh, hang out with Zeke in person. So definitely glad uh, to have him as a friend and uh, have him uh, working with you with everything here, and uh, look forward to more next year. Yeah, absolutely. I, You know, I, I have to say just on a personal note um, that – I, other than, you know, a couple of like exchanges here and there on the message boards and, and certainly a couple of uh, um, sort of chats back and forth about having him on the podcast, um, you know, a couple months ago, we haven't really spoken a whole lot. But uh, Zeke, you sent me a text message a couple of days ago and it put a smile on my face to, to hear from you. And uh, um Obviously, we were talking about the potential of going to an MLW show that was going to be here in Chicago, which they moved the date because AEW, of course, scheduled a pay-per-view here in Chicago uh, at the same time. But uh, uh, it's always great to hear from you. And and I could uh, honestly, given the time and the opportunity, I could talk to you for another couple of hours, just, you know, picking your brain about other talent, you know, that you'd like to sign or, you know, hopefully 
when I stop recording, you'll spoil some names for me. But uh, <laughs> but, I, but I appreciate you, and, I, and I'm glad that we got to hang out in person uh, a couple years back. And, and certainly, um, you know, I'm very happy to be able to call you a, a friend. And and, and uh, all anytime we we chat, I'm, I'm grateful for that. And I thank you very much again for for the work that you've done, the contributions that you've made to the game. Oh no, no, thank you. But no, no one really needs to thank me. I'm just I'm just happy to help out and. Um, and, uh, and, uh, you and so many people in the, the community are so, are so great. And I remember, uh, when I went to Chicago, uh, back in 2018, we, I remember there was a snow, that snowstorm. Yeah. That was, that was, that was one of my favorite weekends of, of the 2018. And I'll, I'll, I'll hit you up if I go back out there. Um, yeah, please do. Chicago's pretty easy for it to get out to. It's pretty, it's a central location and the flights to the Vegas are pretty cheap and you guys got a lot of good wrestling. So I'll probably be out there sooner than later. Well, I, I, yeah, I, I hope so. And, um, please, you know, again, we should, we should do this again and, and chat some more. Uh, and certainly when, you know, the next uh, indie set gets ready to come out, I would love to have you back on, uh, and maybe we can go in depth with like each, you know, name and, uh, in the set and, and, and talk about, you know, when they were signed, the creation of the stats, all that sort of stuff, like do a real, real in-depth overview of the set. I would love to have the opportunity to, to do that and pick your brain some more. So, um, so please, uh, come back. <laughs> <laughs> oh sure anytime um i'm actually working on working on that right now as a matter well i was working on before the phone call and i'll work on it a little bit more tonight but but absolutely uh in, anytime awesome thanks, thanks for having me yeah absolutely zeke thank you so very much uh take care in the meantime happy holidays and uh we'll talk to you again soon okay thank you sam mm. bye todd all right bye man I, you know, I have to say, Todd, this has been an absolute pleasure to come back and be able to do this. I know we've taken a few months off um, due to hectic life schedules and such. We tried to plan one not too long ago, but I'm so glad that we were able to get back together to do this again. Oh, thanks, Sam. Now it's, it's been great talking to you too, and uh, getting to share uh, some of all the cool stuff that we've been uh, going on there. And awesome to talk to Zeke. Uh, share yeah. some of the story there too. It was really neat. So yeah, I'm, I'm glad it uh, worked out, and you know, hopefully we'll uh, get together a couple times uh, next year and uh, share some more. Oh, for sure. I, I, I have no doubt. I, I think that there's uh, some exciting things that we can do to, you know, to just dive a little bit deeper into the game and into, you know, creations of cards, stats, and talk even more about signing people, get some cool stories together. And I'm looking forward uh, to that. Um, but in the immediate future, I, I think something that any, any fan uh, uh, who's listening right now and anyone who hasn't necessarily dipped their toe in the waters yet for Phil Singer games, um, you know, there's two new releases coming imminently, um, you know, in a matter of days, um, which will be the legends expansion pack five, um, which focuses on, you know, some of the, the best, most well-known talents from the nineties and, you know, headlined, uh, again by big van Vader and the British bulldog, Davy boy Smith. We got a Teddy long limited edition card. Um, you know, some, some great names, some amazing artwork from Werner. I'm really looking forward to, to seeing some stats there. Um, cause I have not seen them yet. I know you've got those cards in your hand right now, Todd. It's killing me a little inside. Just <laughs> <laughs> got them in the mail today. <laughs> awesome. That's cool. Uh, and then, of course, certainly not to be outdone or left out, we've got the GWF Invasion 2089 Color Edition. Some wonderful new uh, updated artwork um, for for all of the cards. Uh, some some cool reimaginings. Some some cool sort of. Um, 
you know, just honoring the past. I think that the artwork for like Bounty Hunter, like we mentioned earlier, is, is uh, you know, doesn't stray too far from the template that was set, but is still just a wonderful new piece of artwork. And uh, certainly looking to see, uh, you know, what's on the back of those manager cards. That's going to be awesome. So, um, you know, just, you know, run, don't walk to your keyboards and go to philsingergames.com where you can order the newest releases right now. And if you do it, if you do it, Todd, if I'm not mistaken, if you do it in the next couple of days here, you'll actually get your set delivered like soon. I mean, you're going to yeah, drop those in yeah. April like yeah, I mean, well, in a matter of days. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it should be going out very soon. And uh, yeah, I'm not sure exactly when we're dropping here, but uh, up until Monday the 16th, if you do order by then, it will go out by the 17th and should hopefully to you know most places, at least within the U.S., make it uh, – before Christmas. Uh, unfortunately, I am actually going on vacation uh, from the 17th to the 23rd or so. So it might be, I uh, have to be, you know, anything kind of in the next week after that uh, is going to go out uh, right before Christmas. You have to wait uh, a couple of days then. But uh, definitely uh, you know, check us out at philsingergames.com uh, uh, to make those orders. Uh, 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 Phil Singer Games on Twitter for all of our news updates. We're going to take a little hiatus from the new artwork updates, uh, at least through the holidays there. Uh, we'll come back with some stuff probably mid-January time frame uh, with a lot more teasers of what's going on in the springtime. Uh, and then you know, hopefully around that time we'll be back on with you to kind of talk about what's going on early part of the year and kind of what our plan is for 2020. We're uh, uh, you know, and then by that point, also our new website at philsingergames.com will be live with the new store. So uh, definitely uh, love to hear what you think about that at that point. And, uh, yeah, we'll probably have some special guest on as well to, to talk about something. We'll uh, we'll figure that out pretty soon then. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, one quick question before we wrap things up here. Obviously, we were talking uh, about the physical sets that they can order right now. As yeah. far as the online version of uh, these yeah. sets, will those go live uh, on the 17th or will that be something that we have to wait for, you know, until like maybe post Christmas or something? It, it definitely won't be post Christmas. It'll be before Christmas. My night won't be on the 17th per se. Uh, but it'll be shortly thereafter. We we usually try to time the online sets to come out maybe a couple days at, like after they're mailed. So uh, it, it very well might be the 17th there. I, I know uh, uh, Mike and everybody's working uh, with the new server in place and uh, was kind of waiting for that to happen before populating the new sets. We needed, you know, kind of couldn't really build it in the old system and carry it over as easily. Uh, so uh, that's all being worked on now. So hopefully that should be out in the next, uh, in the next uh, few days as well. And I know everyone's looking forward uh, to getting their hands on that. Uh, so these new legends, uh, yeah, so many new guys. It's I'm sure people are itching to, to infuse them into their feds. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and, you know, and, and going back real quick to that Teddy Long card, too, I think that the opportunity to have a commissioner um, mm. for your Legends Fed is something that uh, a lot of folks, including myself, are, are pretty jazzed about. So I'm looking forward to that. And and since I mostly play online these days, you know, that, that last question was a little selfish. Uh, I still look at physical cards because I'm a junkie for it. But uh, but I find myself, you know, these days I pretty much exclusively play uh, online just because it's the easiest route for me. But um, well, awesome. Well, hey, if you order your card, 
cards right now. Santa Wolf will bring them to you. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> you know, just keep your distance because there's no telling what that crazy man will do. Um, and then naturally, yeah, follow on Twitter. You'll get great uh, teasers and you know, artwork um, and, and all the uh, latest information. Um, Todd, anything else before we head out? Uh, no, that's it. Yeah. Just, just continue to check us out and, uh, you know, hit us up on our message board too. If, uh, let us know what you think of the sets when they come out or hit us on Twitter or on our Facebook page. Uh, we'd definitely love to hear from fans. Absolutely. And of course, if you're not already a member of the message boards, join up. It's a fine community, gives you an opportunity to uh, trade stories, theories, your joys over the artwork and stats. And also, most importantly, my favorite part, of course, is posting your Fed and your results uh, with other promoters, exchanging ideas and and seeing certain guys flourish in one Fed that might just, you know, fizzle out at another <laughs> The, the, the routes that people go with crazy storylines, etc. It's it's a really awesome community and you should be a part of it if you're not already. And for those of you that are, um, you're already part of the coolest community out there. So thank you guys so there much you know. for listening. We're going to go yep. home. Todd, thank you so very much. Definitely. Thank you so much, Sam. Absolutely. Everyone, happy holidays. Take care of yourselves and one another. Have a wonderful time. Keep the dice rolling, whether you're doing it virtually online or in person. Uh, And we will certainly be talking to you very soon. 